Hello, and welcome to episode 59 of the D&D Music Factory podcast. I am David. And I'm still Dan. Oh, that's good news. Why don't you tell everybody, still Dan, what we're doing on today's podcast? So today's episode for number 59 is going to be our top 10 favorite songs that we are glad are not about us. Yeah. These are songs that someone wrote about, you know, this is the classic, you know, who hurt you? Like who hurt? You? Yeah, who hurt you? Who is that about? On that Family Guy? Fuck, I don't even. Uh, know. Lionel Richie. Yeah, Lionel Richie. It was Lionel Richie. Who yep. hurt you, Lionel Richie? Yeah. Um, that was, when he's singing "Hello." Yeah, yeah. these are yeah. these are the biting kind of songs that you hear them and you go like, Ugh. yeah, like, yeah. Imagine the whole world knowing this song's about you. Yep. Yeah, I call this like, the Adele category because this is really you know like imagine like the biggest pop star in the world writing an entire record about how much of a piece of shit you were, especially or anyone who's dated Taylor Swift. Where it's like, even just like, would you enter that relationship knowing that there's probably going to be a top 10 hit about you? Even though she didn't write it. Uh, yeah, I guess that's yeah, fair. So She wrote some of them. Yeah. I don't I don't want to be the next victim of the Swifties. No. I don't need that. She's not worth it. I don't need that in my Definitely life. Definitely not. Yeah, no, no, not for sure. If they're going to if they're going to shred up blur, they'll come at me. Real yeah, hard. yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not that. yeah, yeah. I don't have don't. the I don't have the back catalog to be like, but look all the great stuff I've done. <laughs> like I'll be immediately defeated by what the fuck have you done and I'll be like, yeah, well, you know, either way, yeah, it's my, not worth it folks. My podcast has 59 episodes, so. That's true. That's <laughs> true as of now. Um, so yeah, this is, this is an interesting topic that I had been kind of stewing over for a little while just because, yeah, you do hear some of these songs and you think like, wow, like what a piece of shit, like, um, and so, you know, there's people get their inspiration for their music in a lot of different ways. And sometimes it's really shitty and sometimes it's not some, some of these, it's not, this is not all negative stuff, by the way. I mean, like, it is kind of in a way, but it's not as much of a downer as you think it's going to be. It's <laughs> sometimes there's like funny songs that are about something that you're like, oh, glad that's not me. Yeah, I hear you. There. Um, but overall, yeah, I mean, like, there are numerous examples of people that have become very successful, um, you know. Fleetwood Mac writing it about each other like you don't want to be either of those fucking people in rumors because that all sounds like bullshit that I don't need to deal with. So. That's really true. Um, and I don't want someone blowing cocaine. Up. Well, yeah, I well, do want someone blowing. Aren't we all just looking to find somebody to blow can- co- cocaine up our butts? Cancun up your butt <laughs> in cocaine. Isn't that yeah. what we're all looking for in life? Yeah, yeah, probably someone to settle down with and blow some cocaine up your butt. I mean, that's the American dream, buddy. Yeah. So uh, this is a fun one. Definitely like a different take on our topics but i think something that you're all going to enjoy very much dan uh what kind of b-sides do you have for us this week so for us this week uh b-sides just missed for me so i'm actually going to throw you a bit of a curveball here dave and i'm okay. gonna switch some songs last minute so oh moving to my b-sides is foreigners cold as ice oh you son of a bitch um so i bumped it i gave it the bump gave it the big okay. old bump so that is one that missed for me. Well, I mean, that was in mine too. And that's like one of those songs you could be like uh, top ten songs that like you can immediately recognize after three seconds. Yeah, it's like as soon as it's a did 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 like it's over. You know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, also, B sides for me, uh, Mansions talk talk talk. Um, the chorus is just all you do is talk 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 all about yourself self self um, of just 
absolutely being completely over a person who is just super self-absorbed yeah and like hating the shit out of it yeah. and it's not even a mean song about like disliking them a ton but just like ugh, like and it's like uh and the phrase is, uh would it kill you to see that it's not cute to anyone who isn't you <laughs> like it's just like what you're doing is awful um i also have uh single mother's marbles um the song is literally just about it's a pretty mean-spirited song about a person who like I guess is very into their own writing and stuff. And like talks about like, you know, you care more about your typewriter ribbon than anything else. And like, uh, it's like, she's got a B she's got a BA in soft sciences, um, a degree in penmanship and I'm a dropout without a clue, but at least I'm not incubated. <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's a fucking dark. I mean, that yeah. band biting lyrics from that band, drew Thompson, the singer of that group is one of my favorite lyricists. This shit's real mean and aggressive and then also he turns that he turns that judgmental pendulum that swings inward a lot too um that i also had the second song from them is called blood pressure that is really shitting on himself about it gotcha um about his significant other telling him either make a change or shut the fuck up about it already yeah is how the song ends of like if you're not going to do anything different then i don't want to hear you complain about the results of your habits and actions yeah that's fair like you're just whining all the time. Like it's and uh last B side for me, I guess I'll say is from uh Balancing Composure, the song Burdens. Oh, great song. It is about a person that he used to work with, a woman he worked with that had an abusive boyfriend. Oh, I didn't know this who part. Pushed her out of a moving car. Oh fuck. And it left her like severely brain damaged and handicapped. And so the song is about how he wishes he could like set that dude's bed on fire. Yeah. And how like he hopes that like he hopes that guy's life is awful and he hopes that hopes he he hopes um, Oops. <laughs> he, he hopes that's coon when he's down in the poo canoes. Um, yeah. yeah. Um he hopes that like that guy's whole life that burden stays with him and is dragging him down the whole rest of his life cuz he's yeah. like the fact that you were able to do something like that to a person is insane. Yeah. Um so those are my B-sides, Dave. What just missed for you? Yeah, that reminds me of one of mine, which is Roses by Outcast. Like, uh, yeah, just talking about just like an awful person that you're in a relationship with. Yeah. Um, probably you like, like to thank your shit don't stay. Yeah. I mean, obviously, You're So Vain by Carly Simon. Like, imagine being like, oh, my ex-girlfriend wrote a new song and like putting it on and be like, oh, fuck. And then the best is then it's like a twist of like, you probably think this song's about you. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just it's brilliant, man. I I always thought that song was very. Clever. It is very very clever. The people are like, oh, is it about this person? <laughs> maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like you get to be like, maybe it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, um, it's the best part. It is. It's fucking awesome. Uh, John Wayne Gacy Jr. by Sufjan Stevens, kind of like oh, yeah. assuming that maybe he had a kid. Uh, and that he would be looking at his dad doing all and this, just like, like what what that life would be. Yeah, like, like it's just ha- the, maybe the most beautiful haunting song that's ever been written. I mean, Sufjan's amazing. Uh, Bitch by Meredith Brooks, High Horse by Casey Musgraves. I wouldn't want uh, her thinking uh, poorly of, of me of, of, for any reason. Yeah, uh, to be fair, uh, Fuck You by Lily Allen's a pretty great one. <laughs> Definitely would not want that one to be written about me. Uh, Clampdown by The Clash, uh, just about a bunch of like piece of shit Nazi losers. Uh, very glad that I'm not one of them. So, yeah. um, Hurricane by Bob Dylan, uh, 
on a more serious note, that would definitely be a rough uh, situation. Uh, too long to talk about. We also talk about Bob Dylan all the time. Yeah. Watch um, the Denzel Washington movie. Listen to the song. Yeah. You'll get what it's about. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's tough. Uh, it, it would be tough for that to be about you. Closer by Nine Inch Nails. Definitely don't. I don't know, man. Yeah. Someone wants to fuck me like an animal. Yeah, but there's like, <laughs> there's I don't want anybody to feel me song. from the inside. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just not my thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm the right person. You know, a couple drinks. I Who guess knows? you're right. Who knows yeah, what you know, You never know what's going to happen. I'm a married man, so this is, I guess maybe I'm just looking you at it spice things up, Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, admit it by say anything, which uh, is uh, so a song I talked about before. Um, definitely not one that you would want written about you. Yeah, especially to then name you by name. Yes, yeah. Uh, and then uh, a sadder one, Adam's song by Blink One Eighty Two. You know, just not a situation you would want to be involved. And in. you can look up those lyrics. Uh, I don't want to dwell on that. Um, cool. All right, Dan. Um, you got a new number five pick. I yes. don't know what it is, but uh, why don't you take it take us over to that? Okay, so up at number five for me comes to us from the year two thousand eight. This is the very first demo this band ever did. This is by Touche Amore. The song is called WeHatePhelps.com. If you are not familiar with who Fred Phelps is, he was the leader of the Westboro Baptist Church. And this song is about fuck that guy. Yeah, for so, real. Especially fuck that guy. with current America being <laughs> starting to be theocratized by Christians. Fuck all of them. It's insane. Anyone trying to use their faith to determine, to limit or prevent anyone from living their own freedom is insane. And fuck it so hard. Yeah, it's so this song is so directed at all of that. It's a real shame, too, because I bet you anything, like, 90% of the people that we've talked about in our any episode would have probably written songs in the past about that shit happening as early as the 50s and 60s. And here we are, fucking living it again. Yep. Just, just like fucking the, my number one song from last year, Flows, Days Like These. I can't believe we're still living in days like these. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Uh, this song ends with this pummeling phrase of we'd love to see you in the ground and when fred phelps died this band put out shirts with his face that said good riddance um, it was outstanding like they were like one less piece of shit on the face of the earth and like super stoked um so this is a song i'm so glad like if anybody ever wrote a song about we'd love to see you be dead like we can't wait till you're dead you're the worst person ever is probably probably one of the most aggressive stances you could take about a person. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Of just, it'd be great. Everyone would be better off if you were dead. <laughs> it's like, wow, man, fuck. Yeah. So that's why I had to put on here. Uh, I think T.J. Mori's been unbelievable. They're opening. Yeah, I know they're your boys. The Menzingers tour. Um, some people not into their brand of Screamo. I get it. I get it. You know, I'm here. I get it. But I love it. It's very aggressive. I love a singer who's willing to absolutely destroy their vocal cords for their music. And this dude, if you see him not on tour, he talks like a whistly frog. It is destroying his voice, but these records are incredible. Their lyrical content's nuts from the first EP to the newest one. Lament all good two thumbs up for all of them. Love them all. 
uh, get at them. This first EP is really aggressive, really intense. A lot of blast beats, a lot of intense stuff. Uh, super excellent. They still play the end song Deep Sleep in their sets uh, to end their shows because kids still lose their fucking minds for it. Nice. So, yeah, that is, uh, that's my fifth pick. So, Dave, how about you? What is your fifth favorite song? Fifth song that you are glad is not about you. It's not, I guess it's your favorite. It is it's fifth favorite. Yeah. Your favorite song that's not about you. How do you, yeah, fifth favorite that's not about me. We're counting down from five to one. That's how the, <laughs> that's how counting know, works. I was like, but I was like, it's like, uh, <laughs> like, I guess like, no, this isn't a count up. It's a countdown. I know, I know, but I was like, you know, <laughs> it's not like, is it your favorite song or is it, is it not? Just, it's my fifth favorite. Yeah. That, you were right. That, but like, that was the right way to say but it. No, I just mean like, should we phrase it as this is your oh, favorite song? Oh, I see or what you're like, saying. Like, this is yes. the fifth song, like, because this isn't the one you're most glad isn't about you. Yes, I this see what you're the saying. The song I, your fifth most glad is not about yeah, you. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So it's like, like, um, the most infamous, not famous, I guess, is like yeah. kind of how, I, yeah, yeah, like, I see what you're doing. Like, okay. We shouldn't like these songs because if these songs are about, like, yeah, I'm yeah, putting yeah. them in reverse order of, like, how much I would want this to not be about me. I am for the most part too, but you'll you'll kind of see what happens at, at the top. Um, okay, gotcha. All right, <clears throat> so no, uh, number five for me. I almost said number one. Number five for me is Styrofoam Plates by Death Cab for Cutie, and I promise everybody I said this wasn't going to be a very sad episode, and it's not. And this is the only really sad, angry one that I have on here, but. It is so powerful, such a kind of a formative album for me and one of the best songs on it that I just couldn't leave it off uh, because I've always had this like, um, almost like I was watching Molly Shannon on SNL, like cringy, embarrassed for the person that, that I'm seeing go through this because of how like kind of scathing the lyrics are. I mean, this is, this is about as direct and angry as you can write a song about somebody i think um it's it's beautiful and angry but it's it's sad so you'll have to look up the full lyrics because i'm not going to read them all to you but this came off of uh death cab's album in 2001 the photo album and uh he was quoted as saying that in the past uh, this uh, uh quote in the past i've always tried to cloak stuff and dance around the meanings in the lyrics i'm starting to come around more around two more straightforward lyric writing I've been trying to do more of a Raymond Chandler thing just keep it really simple I'd hope that I'm starting to move into some lyrical direction that's not a single subject over and over again end quote um, and that was a quote from him right before this album came out and it could not be more spot on to what this song is um, it is not about him and not about his father um it is actually about uh, a good friend of his who he his friend would kind of confide in him all this bullshit that was happening to him or did happen to him in his life and, and what his dad kind of put his family through. And uh, Ben Gibbard asked him if it was cool if, uh, if he wrote a song about it. And his friend said, yeah. Um, and he said in an interview that uh, he actually ended up even going to the guy's funeral um, that this song's about, which is, which is pretty crazy. Um, so it's just, it's, I, I imagine that there's a lot of people who are, um, children of divorce who go through a lot of what is discussed in this song, 
But there's a lot of stuff that, like, really steps over the bounds. Like, the fact that, like, this motherfucker basically left his family, like, in a homeless shelter. Um, from what you kind of get from the lyrics. Um, you know, they're eating Thanksgiving dinner in a cafeteria off styrofoam plates, which is what the, the title of the song is about. So, um, really scathing lyrics. It's some of Ben Gibbard's best work. Uh, and he is one of the best lyric writers of all time. Um, so for him to, you know, kind of take aim at somebody and specifically write about you is even worse. Um, and, you know, this is definitely like something that like, you know, at any point in your life, if you're like, I'm going to be a father, this is the last fucking thing in the world you would ever, ever want anybody to be saying about you. Yeah. Now, granted, this guy's fucking earned it. So, yeah, right. you know, you, if you don't want someone to write about you being like a piece this, of shit. And don't be a piece of shit. There's a lot of things you could have not yeah, done. Yeah, you could have definitely not done what this person has done. So, the opening line of this song, uh, there's a saltwater film on the jar of your ashes. I threw them to sea, but a gust threw them backwards. It's just like... That makes that me sets you makes off, me like, think of uh, the Big Lebowski. Yes. And they dump Donnie's yes. ashes. Yes. Uh, and it just goes beard. right in his face. Yeah. He's like, oh, you got some in your beard, dude. <laughs> like, Poor Donnie. Yeah. He died like so Vladimir many. Vladimir Like so many of our careless brothers face down in the mud. Yeah. <laughs> What's that shit about Vietnam, Walter? Yeah. <laughs> Laundry day, dude. The whites. Yeah. It's about dirty undies. The whites. The whites. This is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. Oh, um, yeah, we could do this all Phoebe night. Bridger's naming her record "Stranger in the Alps" after that. Is so amazing. good, so so good. Like that's I'm not a huge I'm not her hugest fan, but that's fucking brilliant. It is, yeah, yeah. Because like as soon as you see it, you're like, is that reference to the Spike TV edit of <laughs> Big Lebowski? <laughs> so good. It's like seeing Bruce Willis with a sign that says "I hate clowns." Yeah. You're like, yo, is that the Spike TV edit of Die Hard Three? Dude, uh, the, they had some. What was uh, for the original Die Hard? It was Mother Cluckers, wasn't it? Yeah, Mother Cluckers. Yeah. Or the uh, I'm sick and tired of all these like monkey flying snakes on this Monday, Monday to fr- Friday plane. Monday to Friday plane. Yeah, it's so fucking. They were ridiculous. brilliant, man. Like yeah, fuck it, it, just make it. Funny. I actually wish that was my job, dude. It was. It, it made it notable. Like, imagine if your job was to censor action movie dialogue. Like that would be the greatest fucking job on earth. Oh yeah. Like that. That would be more fun than like. Coming up with like puns for fucking jelly beans. I don't yeah. even know if that's a thing. I just made puns it up. for jelly beans. Yeah, I might have to edit that out because I sound like an idiot. <laughs> no way, dude. That's gotta stand. <laughs> All right, it's puns for jelly beans. Puns for jelly beans. All right. Anyway, the song ends with him saying, "You are a bastard in life, thus a bastard in death." Definitely not the song you want about you. All right, Dan, take us over to your number four pick. Okay, number four for me. This comes to us from our sen- my senior year of high school. This is the Cold War Kids with the song We Used to Vacation from their debut in 2006, Robbers and Cowards. Um, this is Amazing record. A, I mean, I still... So Amazing record. I loved this band a lot. What they would later become, I didn't enjoy as much. Uh, some yeah. of the later records. That's fair. And then what they're now, what they are now is... It's, it's a whole same. different kind of deal. Yeah, it's not the same. Um, it's not my jam, but this record I still play at least twice a year. Just out of I forget about it and then remember it, and I'm like, oh right, like I love this record. Um, it was yeah, hospital beds. It was yeah, the maybe. original single from this album. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a song about an alcoholic family man. Um, 
that the the lyric we used to vacation I think means you know things used to be light and fun here yeah. and now they're not um, the chorus is just I promise to my wife and children that I'd never touch another drink as long as I live and then but then hints at the like but at the meetings I felt so empty of like a it's the only thing that gave me a feeling of life. And so it's this sorrowful look at like, you know, all I want to do is just have that drink and disappear. And it's a tough man. Like it, I think it's, I think it's oddly a look at a father or an alcoholic father from a grown ups point of view of like, look, man, you know, like as a kid, you were like, Oh, it was disappointing and it was terrible. But like as a grown up, you're like, you know, man, like he, he had it rough. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's things in here from his life that you're like, that were probably hard to, hard to deal with. And that's how he did it. Um, but this lifts a line. Um, I give a tat, give a check to textable, a line here lifted from, uh, Bob Dylan's, uh, Ballad of a Thin Man of Highway 61 that says, I give a check to tax deductible charity organizations. Um, that I thought was always really cool that he lifted yeah. that line. Uh, but it's a really great, like, you know, things could be worse. We've still got our health. I get a paycheck. Like, mm -hmm. why are you complaining about all this? Yeah. But then the chorus hits and that apologetic tone comes back. In. I think, too, that that's kind of like a deflection, too. He's like, look, like, look at the news. There's shit happening every day. It's yeah, like, like, my drinking's the problem, I'm, though. Like, yeah, that's what this you're is the worst about, thing. But, like, that's just, that's just a... But then the chorus hits, though, and it's like that, it's like that moment of clarity that addicts get. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, fuck, man. Like, like yeah. a, a song from a man at rock bottom. And yeah. I'm glad this song wasn't written about me. That it, yeah. I'm glad that I didn't have a parent with substance abuse issues. I know a lot of people that did, that it's fucking hard, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, and this is a song that, especially anyone looking to be a father out there, like another song of Jesus Christ, I hope uh, this isn't me. And yeah. I think as a, as a man growing up, as a person who identifies as a man, uh, the relationship with your father is so fucking important. Yeah. And if it's a bad one, it kind of skews your whole life, man. Um, it can be hard to recover from that. People have and people do all the time, but it's... Yeah, good point. It's, a, it's just like, uh, you know, people's relationship with their mother. You know, a, I don't know. I don't it's know a, what I'm trying to say. It's, no, what you, I think you're making There's a reason point. all of us can... Uh, every man you know will cry at the end of Field of Dreams. When he yeah. has the catch with his dad, yeah. who was never around, and he was always kind of pining for his attention. Yep. And like, there's a reason why all of us cry, especially if you grew up with a tough dad. That you're like, fuck, man. Like that's. Yeah, I think too. It's like you know how much of anyone's life can they go through without without guidance? And I think you know you're as much as you wanted to be. Rah, parents are stupid i'm out of here as a kid like you, you get older and you realize like nah man they were like just fucking looking out for me so dave what do you got up next at your fourth favorite song that you're glad is not about you all right so up at number four for me is possum kingdom by toadies and i think this is probably a somewhat of a surprise entry on this list um yeah never really thought of this being like a nobody does um but it's much darker than it is on the surface so um 
I mean, we kind of should have known with the end of the song just being him yelling, do you want to die over and over again? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a, a much darker uh, undertone to this song than, uh, than I think anybody ever kind of like really realized at first glance. So this is their, uh, believe it or not, their second single from their album Rubberneck in 1994. I know what you're thinking. They didn't have another single. Uh, <laughs> You're, you're right. I didn't say yeah. other hit single. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Good point. <laughs> um, I said there's a song they released. I said, I said that somebody else made a decision and put another one out first. Um, so the song's um, title, Possum Kingdom, is actually a lake that is in Texas, in North Texas, near Fort Worth, Dallas area, uh, where the band is from. And... Um, there's there's some fucked up shit that apparently happened over there. So there's a documentary called Dark Secrets, the stories of Rubberneck, this album, um, and the singer further elaborates that he intended Possum Kingdom to be a, a continuation of the story told in the song I Burn, which maybe was the other single, I don't know that song. Um, while he envisioned I Burn to be a story about cult members immolating themselves in order to ascend to a higher plane, Possum Kingdom was about one of the immolated people becoming, quote, just smoke, and he goes to Possum Kingdom and tries to find somebody to join him, end quote. Um, so, so that's a crazy, like, yeah. what, if, what if their cult's real? Yeah, like, what if this is all real and the person in this song was actually just out there just, like, snatching folks up? And what if they did ascend to the Possum Kingdom? What if they did? What if it's real? Yeah, what if that happened or they were just, like, fucking murdering people or convincing them to do other bullshit, like... And this song, like, I don't want to be this fucking lunatic running around North Texas, snatching up folks from behind barns. Like, fuck that. Like, but I mean, I could also ascend to the smoke. You can try. <laughs> I mean, I'll watch if you want to, if you want to take part. But um, so apparently, the uh, Lake of Possum Kingdom even has its own Chamber of Commerce now, which is batshit crazy to me. But whatever. <laughs> Um, Gotta make those expense. Yeah, so um, some more information uh, here. In a 1995 interview with Rip Magazine, uh, the lead singer said, It's just a story I heard long ago. It's a really cool, eerie lake and some stuff I heard and just some stuff I make up. I tend to do that. They dammed up this big river up there, and it's got all these spooky names like Hell's Gate. End quote. Like... Everybody's got that area probably in their town where they're as actually as Lansdale folk we have one of the H trees so we've got our own little bit of folklore about some like weird devil shit happening here even though like it says you have to jump off a cliff and there's no fucking cliffs in Lansdale. Did you ever hear the one about uh was it about it's like up near uh Willow Grove area about okay. the uh, the glass house no where the pit Karens had all their oh. inbred babies living. <laughs> No, but there's a there's a fucking X Files episode about PA that like also is oh like yeah super Home. fucked the up. most violent episode That's they ever had. That's the most fucking. And then the up. air an hour later. Jesus Christ, that one always got me. Um, so weirdly, maybe just because they say "Be my angel" at the end too, but then he just says "Do you want to die a bunch of times?" Believe it or not, this was like a pretty popular stripper song according to some uh, reports on <laughs> the old interwebs. Um, Absolutely fucking wild. Hey, baby, wild. you want to die? <laughs> like, if you give me a around the lake tonight, twenty dollars. <laughs> it's only it's only a dollar to die. Um, you want to yeah. see my possum kingdom? 
Hell yes, that is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh my god, where are her toadies then? Um, yeah, so... Yeah, definitely not, like, directly about somebody and, like, specifically saying how bad somebody is, but the... I mean, cold shit's fucked up. And I don't want to be the person that inspires the song about a fucking weird-ass cult that's just taking folks yeah so you know that's why it's on here for me and i also too like you know we're not gonna get a chance we did already did our 90s one hit wonders when's totally coming back up mm-hmm. um oh my God. show me the toadies uh all right dan take us over to your number three pick you got it so for me my next pick um i have done another song from this album previously but this is one of my favorite um darker tracks from Bob Dylan. Uh, this is Masters of War yeah, baby. off of the freewheeling Bob Dylan. Uh, this was released in 63. Um, the song is adapted from a traditional song called Nottaman Town. Um, the song is supposedly supposed to be about protesting the Cold War um, and about the men who control these countries, who control these large entities and what they sort of are entailed with. But I think this also, I mean, further than a master of war, this is a lot of, you know, your standard 1% can be applied to this, man. Oh, for sure. Yeah. These dark overlords that actually run everything. The people in the smoke-filled rooms. Yeah, man, it's it's just wild. Um, But this has the lyric of uh, the thing that really uh, sold it for me was, uh, and I hope that you die and your death will come soon. I'll follow your casket by the pale afternoon and I'll watch while you're lowered down into your deathbed. I'll stand over your grave till I'm sure that you're dead. Uh, just the like, I can't wait for Like the Touche Mori song I picked, the I can't wait yeah. for you to be dead. Like, I've also thought. When this world passes you, yeah. we will be the better for it. I've also always thought where he says, you hand me a gun and you hid from my eyes. I think that that's kind of like a double meaning. Like, not only are you, like, getting out of my line of sight now that you've done that, but I also think that you're, he's saying, like, you gave me a gun and turned a blind eye. Like, you're, you're looking, you're, you're just handing out guns and, and looking away and whatever happens, happens. You don't give a fuck. You just want chaos. And I think that's always kind of been, like, a little, like, yeah, or even the, uh, even like a, a sort of interpretation of like, you made us this way. Of course, yeah. And like now mm-hmm. you're like, oh no, look at the mess you're making. And it's like, yeah. you know, that class, the meme of like the classic, like, what? Like, <laughs> you made things like this. Yeah. And they're like, oh, these like shootings, this is crazy, man. And you're like, what? They handed <laughs> like, me the gun. Like, yeah, that's, that's what he said. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you. One way or another, metaphorically, it's enabling something and then denying on the other side. So yeah, it's yeah, it's as Bob Dylan as it gets, man. It is. Um, probably some of his most direct lyrics, but I think it's just it's it's a very it's a very straightforward protest song of like, you know, this song is dedicated to you, man. Um, you ain't worth the blood that runs through your veins. It's pretty dark, man. Pretty uh. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. I don't really have a ton to say about it. Uh, Bob Dylan's probably the greatest American songwriter that exists. Uh, as far as 
lyrical content output is insane. Um, had some weird periods in the 70s and 80s, but and recently, for the most part, is great. Um, I feel like him at his best is unmatched. Especially, I mean, you could make the the Lennon McCartney everything, but as far as an American songwriter, I don't think there's anybody that you could put up against him. Um, and I love Towns Van Zant. I mentioned on the previous episode. I love him a lot, but if someone was like, gun to your head, is he as good as Dylan? I'd probably say no, but I feel like he gets an extra point in his column just because he doesn't have Grammys um, like Bob Dylan does. And that's a big plus. Yeah, I mean, also, yeah, more commercial success, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bob Dylan's the greatest, so everyone should listen to more of his music. Plus, Towns Van, Dan- Van Zandt doesn't have a son that's also putting out hits. That's true. He doesn't. Oh, hit, hit. Well, no, he's got you. a few. He had a Excuse few. you. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse you. Walk that back, please. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. He does have multiple hits. It's true. In my eyes, at least. Um, I wonder if Towns Van Zant has a son. I, well. The, yeah, I mean, he did talk about shooting up in front of one. So, like. True. He's definitely got one out there. I true. don't know if he's writing songs. Probably try to get as far away from his fucking dad as possible. Yeah, after that, I, well, I probably would, too. <laughs> so, Dave, what is your... Number three song. Yeah, number three. So up at number three. You're glad it's not about you. Number three for me is You Don't Get Me High Anymore by Fantagram. Um, Just like probably the most. Ooh, actually it might not be the most recent song on my list. Um, I love this song so much. And I've always kind of taken the lyrics to mean multiple things. And I think that's probably why it's even more so why I don't want it to be about me. Um, because I think there's obviously some like direct hard lines you can draw towards um, drugs or substance or whatever it is that's giving you maybe it's adrenaline or you know whatever it is you're chasing. But it also could be a person um, that this is written about, um, and I think that that makes it even harder to like let it sink in if that's how somebody thinks about you. Like no matter what you're trying, like no matter how much more you're giving, it's still just not there for me. And it's not enough, or it's not what I want. Um, so this is the first single from their third album, and um, yeah, it's. I mean, lyrically, it's just about things not being good enough. And um, in a interview uh, that she did with Pitchfork, she said it's kind of about that feeling of everything being redundant, nothing being good enough. Metaphorically, it's about addiction. It's also about certain things that we see in culture, pop culture, and even music that we find redundant that we've always kind of strayed away from as a group. It also taps into this idea of wanting to feel something. Basically, wanting to feel something strong and doing whatever it takes to feel it again because you know it feels good and you miss it. And um, so, yeah, I mean, again, it's got obviously going to have a lot of different meanings um, d- depending on how you look at it. But like I said, I think it's... The hardest way to take this in is that it's about you as a person that cannot deliver on this spark that maybe you had with somebody early on in a relationship or, um, you know, some level of excitement that, you know, you, you, you've you been dating for a while and become kind of complacent and, you know, you don't want to go out and do things or, you know, you're just not, you're not treating the person with the same level of excitement that you do, which is frankly a natural thing. I mean, people just, you know, it's hard to be on and 
always going 100 percent or 100 miles an hour all the time like and you know sometimes that causes people to fall out of love and i think that's that's part of what made this song feel like like it just i just didn't i I don't want to be on the receiving end of that if that makes sense yeah absolutely um even if it is a drug thing too and if that's all this is about like i don't want to be at a point where we talked about before with like the alcohol addiction in the cold uh cold kid song um you don't want to be chasing that dragon either. No. Like that's also not the worst place to be. That's you know, the drug is where you're not even getting high. You're just getting. You're well. just getting. Yeah, you're just getting back to normal. You just get sick if you don't have it. Yeah, exactly. So that's the terrible. Place and be. and so either way you look at it, this is not the situation you want to be in. And somebody that they're writing about whether it's somebody saying you don't, you're the reason that I'm not feeling that excitement, or you're the person. That's saying I can't get excitement out of these substances. Either way, that's not what you want. Um, which is weird because this is like a fucking dance track, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, band you mentioned in the bands with terrible names, Pup, uh, does a uh, cover of this as well. Uh, I believe they're uh, Canadian. I believe that. Yes. Fanagram's Canadian as well. Yep. So um, makes sense. You know, looking out for each other. Um, so yeah, sorry. Great song. Yeah. Sorry about that boys. Uh, so great song. Um, take it for whatever you want it to be, but, uh, definitely not something you want written about you. All right, Dan, what's your number two pick? All right. Number two for me comes to us from right here. Local boys, local bros, local tunes. Uh, this is from modern baseball off of their album. You're going to miss it all released in 2014. This song is called Going to Bed Now. This is a perfect biting song about someone who is a fucking dickhead. Um, One of the lyrics I'll just read off to you real quick is... uh, I'm sorry. uh, What do you call someone who calls you out on DIY ethics you don't embody as he drains his dad and mommy's monthly data plan, an asshole with an iPhone? It's just all about a person who just believes they walk on water, man, and their absolute hatred of them. Um, This song is probably my favorite from this record. Obviously, Your Graduation was a huge hit for them, and I was pretty surprised to find that this record, um, this album hit number 97 on the billboard charts which really considering it was written by four kids who were still in college when they made this record is pretty fucking insane man. Yeah, good for them um it's really awesome and this band you know was all over the philly house show scene really cool you can see them uh at a lot of different places basement shows golden tea house they played a ton of awesome spots and really were very involved in the local emo pop punk scene uh they were very lauded that when they finally got a record deal and started putting albums out, they were already had a huge following in the city, which was cool. Um, but this song is it's just a very like we've all met that shitty fucking person, like that like Not me, they I walk in and like I mean you know you were in the local music scene that kid that's just too cool for all of it and you're like you're here too like, yeah. like oh dude this place sucks like it'd be way better if the show was somewhere else or if like something was cooler happening and you're like. You're also here. 
It's like, so can't like, we just like hang out? Like, can you like, just have a good time? Yeah. And like, like, what's wrong with like crushing beers? Or yeah, they're like, oh, this is lame. And you're like, the rest of us are having a good time. Yeah. Like, like why does it have to be a huge thing? Um, yep. that you're not having a good. Uh, uh, I. I'm, we've I'm, all met. I'm this feeling they're I'm, the worst. Oh, I'm cringing a little bit. Yeah. Um, it ends with a person. great, uh, a great lyric of. I'll kick myself to sleep before I ever shake your grimy, dirty, crusted, arrogant hand. So please leave my house. I'm just like, get the fuck out of here, man. But the my favorite thing about this is the song keeps building throughout it. And so it, it starts out with this kind of quirky, folky, like sort of jingle jangle guitar. And then it ends with this big explosion. All these guitars and drums. And hits this like big stop part of like the patron saint of good goddamn. <laughs> everything cuts and then it ends with just a shoo, like everything just sucks out and it's over um, a quick little song it's only three minutes long it's just a banger um, definitely check this record out I was not on this band's wave for a long time um, I didn't get it some of their lyrics of some of their other th- songs I felt weren't really my speed with how they were written not the sort of like stream of consciousness narrative lyrics that I usually like um, that like it almost was written the way it's people speak, which is not yeah. usually my jam. Uh, this song written by Jake, uh, I tend to enjoy his songwriting more. Um, so this is, this is my jam and I'm super glad this song. I never made enough of an impression on somebody that they wrote a song about how much of an arrogant piece of shit I am. I sure fucking hope I didn't um, either. I really, yeah, I guess that's that's the thing. If you were an arrogant piece of shit, would you even know? Yeah. Um, but Just not unless you know, not unless you did it to somebody super talented. I can look back on some very cringe moments in my life where sure. I put both feet in my mouth. Oh, for sure. But yeah, me too. As I know so far, no one wrote about it. So not yet. We got that going for me. We got time, bud. There's still time <laughs> for both of us. Still time. My album still hasn't come out. Dave hasn't released his record yet. About sitting in this room with this fucking guy all the time. Um, so with that, Dave, what is your number two song that you're glad is not about you? All right. Up at number two for me is Never Fight a Man with a Perm by oh, Idols. I fucking love this song so much. It's, man, it's man, amazing, man, right? Man, like, man, 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 man. It's just, it's such a fucking... When that drum, simple that but tribal drum hits, you're just like, like in your face riff. This band is fucking amazing. We've talked about them before. We're both obsessed. It's it's fantastic. Who doesn't I, love to shout? <laughs> some of these lyrics. I man. know. And it was it was a toss up for me. I knew I was gonna put a uh, slot and idol song into here, and it was a toss up between this and Model Village. And I like this song more than I like Model Village, so this is what I went with, even though Model Village is arguably more biting lyrics and more insulting to pieces of shit. Um, so, yeah, I just... <laughs> this album, this band, everything is fucking perfect about this. So, it's their actually fifth single. I didn't know you could get that many. Um, off their second album, Joy is an Act of Resistance, uh, which came out in 2018. Um, it is a pretty uh, direct, lyrically song about toxic masculinity. It starts 
kind of showing you what you think is the villain, um, and then kind of flips it a little bit on the narrator. Um, yeah, it's like he's the one that's being the bully. Right. It's such a cool, like... Which is a great turn. Like, I'm the one fucking with the guy with the perm. Yes. <laughs> and then he beat my ass. Yeah, like, which is like... It's like... So you, you you get both sides of it. And again, like like my last song, you don't want to be on either side because... Um, you don't want to, A, have a perm. And then you don't want a guy with a perm beating the shit out of you. No, for sure. So Joe Talbot, the lead singer of the band, um, explained uh, the inspiration for the song to NPR in 2018. Quote, this song came about when I said the album needed a knife to cut through the macabre timber of the album. That's a lot of uh, word or letters in a row that you don't pronounce. Uh, the macabre timber of the album's arch. As soon as I mentioned knife, Bobo, guitarist Mike Bowen, Shat the riff out like he knew the album wanted it also. I wanted this song to be an exploration of the hard corners of my past. The bit I felt shame from. I think of my art as a way of being vulnerable, an exercise in catharsis, and a reflection of my ugliness that can exalt shame. Here it manifested into something beautiful, as all catharsis should be. End quote. Um, I think that's an excellent way to put it. I think if anybody you talk to... Um, hasn't learned throughout their life from being a piece of shit every once in a while, then they're full of shit or they're a robot. Yeah. There's really no other option. You gotta there. you gotta learn that talk shit get hit lesson. Not only that, point. but like you know, like you gotta go through life kinda like learning what your what kind of person you wanna be. Like do you wanna be this guy with the firm at the bar starting fights or do you wanna be somebody that's just kind of like you know, a, like able to take things and walk away from situations, or not start the situation, or just not always have something to prove. Like in every sense of it, it's it's something you don't want to be for sure. Like, I, like listen, man. Like, there's certainly lines that can be crossed, and you know, conversations can be had, but. To get into like a fucking bar fight at our age is just yeah. like when you're like, not what are you, when you're not twenty one to anymore. Tomorrow, yeah. Like what what am I gonna do if I show up and like my fucking fake teeth got popped out? Yeah. Like when you want to get sued and lose your home? Right. Like what's the point? <laughs> yeah, like what am I gonna dude. say to like my family when I come home? Like yeah. Oh, like uh yeah, yeah. Somebody told your daddy was a pussy, so you know we lost the house. <laughs> like yeah. Like that's what this you know. And I think a lot of people grew up with that kind of mindset of like you have to be tough, especially like people who grew up as 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 males. You know, you you were kind of there was this toughness that was always ingrained in you. You have to be this, and you don't. You absolutely don't. It's just as cool to walk away from a situation and not be a piece of shit that's starting fights at a bar. I yeah. promise you, it is. And I love the lyric of like you know I'll shut my mouth. Let's hug it out. Yeah. And that's like a great just, way for it to turn and end. This. Yeah, like let's but just. At the same time, that's also, the only part of about this song I want it to be, for it to be about me. Yeah, I lost my train of thought there. Anyway. And like I love, I also just want to run around yelling, "A heathen from Eton yeah. with a bag of Michael Keaton." That's the the, the like, like the cocaine innuendos in this song are the best. I yeah. also just like just to have somebody like say that like you're not suave because you you watched Get Carter. You are a catalog. Yeah. You're a catalog plastic Sinatra. Yeah, they like, try hard. You or you try hard. They try harder. Like th that's not the lyrics you fucking want written about you. Yeah, my but it's friend. great, and I think it's a funny like 
just his like uh like it's just a, it's a biting like of, yeah. I'm trying to be this like big tut like because mm-hmm. I met this guy that I think is a joke so I'm fucking with him mm-hmm. and it's like why am I doing this? yeah why can't I just and it's let like this because be? why can't I let it be like because I have to because I'm an asshole yeah and then the realization of like no you don't have to <laughs> you if only just, we could all learn that sooner Dan yeah you could just leave him alone if only all right buddy it's time for your number one pick my number one pick. Comes to us from also Jolly Old England. Um, this is from 1979. This is off the album Entertainment by Gang of Four. The song's called Damaged Goods. A song Idols covered. Weird they how that works. cover this. Yes, sir. Um, this is one of the probably most iconic post-punk songs after, yeah. um, you know, Shadow Play uh, by Joy Division. This is probably... One of the number two or three, this Marquee Moon. Yep. But Marquee Moon's not even post-punk because, like, it's pre-punk. Um, or it's punk-punk. Anyway, uh, but this is, I mean... I'm doing, like, the Zach Galifianakis, like, gift <laughs> yeah. of all the... <laughs> trying to calculate... Calculate. Calculations where it's go going. Yeah. Um, is this... But, I mean, someone... I mean, even before you get to the lyrics of it, it's just one of those, like... If someone wrote a song about you and the name of the song is Damaged Goods, it's like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, that is not what you want to hear. Oh, I wrote a song yeah. about you. Oh, cool. What did you title it? Damaged Goods. What? Um, this band, like, not only is it like the punk influence, but they also have this, like, great dance pop and, like, yes. dub feel to these songs, too. Um, it's just fucking great, man. But, like, uh, your kiss so sweet and your sweat so sour. It's just like thinking that I love you but it's only lust um, and then once the idea of once I got from you what I needed I'm alright like, yeah. now you're just damaged good so you know goodbye and it just ends with saying goodbye like 300 times yeah. in the last minute of the song but it's it's just rough man it's, yeah. it's the kind of song and it's so fun and dancey yeah. is the worst part. So like, you know, people are like in their little in the disco text, like vibing to it real hard, and you're like, dude, I told you, man, I love like, some dance punk. Like, dude, if this song was about you, and like every club you go in that year, this song is playing at, because you're probably going in there like, all right, these are my people, yeah. like you know these, are my, these are my fellow punks, yeah. and then you get in there and they're all fucking vibing to, fuck, I said vibe, they're all fucking going wait do you think we're chilling right now they're all <laughs> not damn it dan not a third time <laughs> um yeah that would be rough yeah. it'd just be it would be a terrible uh fall yeah it came out september um if you don't know about gang of four you should get to know about gang of four this is their debut album which is fucking insane that this is their first album because yeah, it it's near perfect um I just I can't get enough of it, man. But like, it's got so many great songs on here. Like, not great men, guns before butter. Like, this record's great, man. Um, a fantastic, fantastic post punk. I have a I we were talking about playlists earlier. I have one that's called Sad and Dancy. That's all like post punk goth songs that have like a, a quick backbeat, so you can like two step to them. Hilarious. And this is on there. Uh, this is one of the first ones I put on it. But um. And it's a love, it's a great, like, uh, not only would this song be big if they were playing it, but like the whole crowd would be chanting along goodbye at the end too. Like, God yeah. damn it. Yeah. I would want it. 
I don't want to make light about hurting myself, but I would feel it. No, 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 no. Um, so, with that, Dave, what is your number one song you are glad is not about you? All right. Up at number one for me is In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. The most obvious, probably, fucking choice of all time. Um, but uh, maybe not for the reasons that you thought, because there are, there is a little bit of mysticism around the song which is part of the reason why i made it my number one it's also fucking incredible um but this is his debut single as a solo artist which is pretty impressive the invention of gated reverb yeah yeah it was it really was yeah it, it didn't exist until that that drum fill basically um so like i said there there is some uh some some myths around this and which i'll get to but um this was uh off of his debut album face value which came out in 1981 uh and he co-produced the single with hugh padham there's a, a, another word with a lot of silent letters uh who became a uh a, somebody he worked with a good bit uh after this and I don't know. So here, here's where it's going to get interesting. I don't know if he's coming out now and saying that it's about something because he feels guilty about what it, you know. You know how sometimes people are like, "Oh no, 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 that's not what it was about," and like kind of change it and backtrack a little bit. Yeah. Um. So he claims that he wrote the song um, while he was dealing with the grief after divorcing his first wife, Andrea Bordarelli, in 1980. And in a 2016 interview, he said this: the lyrics, uh, quote, I wrote the lyrics spontaneously. I'm not quite sure what the song is about, but there's a lot of anger, a lot of despair, and a lot of frustration. Hmm. Don't quite know what the lyrics are about, huh? Hmm. Not buying it, Dan. It's certainly about your divorce. <laughs> it probably is. But, like... I do love that there has been just kind of like this like air of mystery around it that's cre- created all these other or th- this other speculation about um, what else it could be. And so I'll get into that briefly um, and I'll do my best to pause for the drum fill. Um, so the urban legend is that the lyrics are about a drowning incident in which somebody was close enough to a child to save their life and Phil Collins was too far away to help and the person just looked on and watched the child drown. Whoa. That's that's the that's the myth. Okay. Um and so this is kind of whispered down the lane over time and gotten a little bit more embellished as time has gone on and um it even got to a point where people were suggesting that Phil Collins, the first time he performed the song, invited that person to the show and pointed at him as he sang it. Which Weird. would be the most powerful, badass shit that's ever yeah. happened of all time. I watched you let that kid drown. Yeah, but like, I don't know. That I want to believe. I want to believe, Dan. I really do want to believe that that's what it was about. Um, oh, here it comes. Um, 
so yeah, the 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 legends, the the kind of myths that go on about it is just it has just kind of added the intrigue to it. Whether it is about his wife and their divorce, you still don't want this song to be written about you. But if this is written about somebody that watched a child drown, and then Phil Collins sang it to you while he made you sit front row and pointed at you the whole time, yeah, definitely don't want this. That's pretty bad. Yeah, you. yeah. I was hoping it was going to be like some occult shit. Like, no, the song's about bringing the Dark Lord forth from the Nether Realm. No. No. Like, <laughs> that would be so fucking good, dude. Yeah. So, like, just going full fucking cannibal corpse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's he's denied these rumors in the past, um, which you know, like I said, people change what they say about their lyrics all the time. The crazy part, not crazy part, but a interesting part about this is that in the song "Stand" by Eminem, Eminem writes the following lyrics: "You know the song by Phil Collins into in the air tonight about the guy who could have saved that other guy from drowning, but then but didn't. Then Phil saw it all, and then at the show he found him." Those are actual lyrics from Stan Jesus Eminem. Christ. So, like, listen, this shit's not finding its way to Eminem in, like, 1998 or probably, like, 2004. Yeah. I'm getting old. Um, like, pre-internet rumors if the shit doesn't have a little bit of, you know, a little bit of something to it. So, I'm going to I'm gonna make an official statement here, Dan. I am officially... On board with perpetuating the rumor. Let's do it. I think Phil Collins is full of shit and he's backtracking and I want to see it go further. I think Phil Collins... Oh, dude, to be far enough away to witness that, but not be able to help. Like, imagine, like, you were, like... And then there's a dude right next to them and you watch him not help them. Like, imagine you were, like, 100 yards away from Walter White... When he lets Jesse's girlfriend choke on her own vomit. I have a question. Do you have a right or do you have a requirement to help save that person? Legally? Yeah. If you're standing there watching them drown, do you legally have to help them? I would think so. I'm not an expert in that. Like, could you get charged with something for not helping? You can in certain situations. If you were a cop in Texas... Like you can't. There's certain could situations. Could you be charged in, for not helping? That's that was the last episode episode of Seinfeld was that they yeah. filmed the uh, the, the guy good, good Samaritan the Good Samaritan law. law, which I believe is state based, and they got ten years. Yeah, which I will officially end assuming on because I will have to look up any more information yeah. on because well, it depends what state he witnessed the yeah. drowning in. So uh. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably way off base with that, but yeah, yeah, there's probably some sort of Good Samaritan law, and even if there isn't, you know. Help, help Would you rather out. go to jail or have Phil Collins write his biggest hit about you? Would you rather spend the rest of your life watching that? Let's we're getting dark here. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So this was a fun <laughs> one, Phil Collins. Number one, ladies and gentlemen, that's always a good episode. All right, Dan. So, uh, let us know what your favorite songs are. Oh, wait, hold on, I have an addendum Ooh. to add. Okay. Um, for this is the song that I wanted to put as my number one, but I couldn't find it streaming anywhere. Oh. Um, so I'm just going to bring up some of the lyrics here. Okay. What's the song called? I think the best song ever of that you are glad is not about you 
is The Story of Adidon by Pusha T. Oh, fuck. Also known as his <laughs> beef track with Drake. Yeah, wow. He made the album cover the picture of Drake in blackface. And Yikes. in this, he A, brings up the fact, brings up questions about Drake's racial mix and racial identity. B, brings up the fact that Drake has a son no one knew about. Yeah, that was wild. And C, brings up the fact that Drake's son lives in squalor while Drake is a millionaire. Yo, man, I side, with, I side with King Push on this one. While also mentioning the people that write Drake's songs and taking them down, it was the most King Push moment that has ever existed. Which was then followed up by Andre 3000 doing the solo reprise on Frank Ocean's record where he said, I was humming along to verses I didn't know weren't written by the same artist. Was I just working way too hard? I definitely messed up those yeah, it's, lyrics there, but yeah, look, it's yeah, that was so, that's what that's about. So fucking nuts, dude! Like the fact that he brought up his fucking deadbeat dad status. Yeah, that's fucking in wild. this song. Yeah, is absolutely leave insane. it to push, man. I, it was, he's he's fantastic. Remember, like Drake bodied Meek Mill, and everybody got upset. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, "Wow, Drake! I guess maybe like, people some, shouldn't mess with him." And then he made a track about Pusha T. And Pusha T was like, fuck that. I got dirt, and bud. Brought up, like, I got and the your best was, dirt, bud. Dude, the Drake stands that were like, everybody already knew about that. No, they fucking didn't, man. That was insane news. Yeah, like, that was wild. And then even the fact, like, not even the fact that he had a son, but that he was a full-on deadbeat dad was, like, <sighs> nuts, yeah. dude. Like, just, n- yep. you're a millionaire, and your son lives in, like, public housing like what the fuck dude yeah fuck that um yeah. it was nuts and amazing and now like and it like it made drake. drake like it was such a takedown that drake didn't even make a response track all he did was make an instagram post explaining the blackface photo and then he showed one with his son with the son and then later had photos come out with him and yeah, his son. yeah. but like Much he later. didn't he didn't make a response track to that. Like, it was like, there's no coming back from that, man. Like, it was, it was no, like sir. walking out into a boxing ring. They ring the bell and the guy just punches you unconscious immediately. And then just like the first hit as the crowd cheers and he just yeah. hands up. celebrating. And like yeah. they drag you back to your corner and you're like, let me go back in. And your corner's like, why? Yeah. no, no, <laughs> like, no. So he can kill you again. Yeah. But I think that is that is my full, yeah. That's a good point. That's I think that's point. the number one song. You're glad's not about you. That's a it fantastic point. It was so point, public and so insane, and it was like, oh my god! It was just it was like a chef's kiss moment. Especially like if you're a person that has never really liked Drake and doesn't get it, like myself and Laura, and then and then to watch him pull down somebody that I love a lot in Make Mill, and then yeah. And you'd be like, dude, he like ghostwrites all his songs. He doesn't do his own shit. And like so many people be like, that doesn't matter. His songs are still good. Fuck you. And then to watch that absolute slaughter was just, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was. It was. Like, yeah, it really was. Like there's never been such a one-sided kill. Because normally the disses end with like, all right, we both made a song. It's fine. But that was like, nope, there is a clear winner and loser here. And it is not, the winner is not Drake. Amen. And it was awesome. So Absolutely. I want to leave it with that. that that's Love probably it. the number one. <laughs> All right. 
Everybody, like and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Hit us up on social media and let us know what you thought of the episode and what songs you are very glad are not written about you. And leave comments about what you would like to hear in future episodes. Dan, tell everyone where they can find us. All right, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under at D&D Music Factory. That's the letter D, the letter N, and the letter D again, followed by Music Factory. Uh, you can find me personally at at lukewarm Steve Austin on Instagram and. D-